Now serious business. <clears throat> Christilla. Christilla. I just you know what? You Christilla. But you know what? That's what my daddy calls us. He calls us Christilla. Shut up. And we just both answer. Mm-hmm. What in the world? I don't even know. What, this is where I need one more sip of coffee. <laughs> like I couldn't even leave a Voxer message. How am I going <clears> to? <throat> whoop, whoop. Chicka, chicka, chicka. All right. So to be honest, mm-hmm. I kind of want you to just tell why you wrote this book because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is when you need to have a great editor. Who does great outtakes? Because yeah. this whole first part of the conversation. <laughs> I am a great editor. I will use the outtakes. <laughs> hey, y'all. Welcome back to the God Center Mom podcast with me, Heather McFadden. I hope y'all enjoyed the six weeks of mentorship this summer. Well, this episode falls right in line with that. I've invited my friend Crystal Evans Hurst. She is a wise woman. You remember her from episode 71. It was called The Goldmine of a Mother's Hindsight because Crystal is the mom to five kids aged 8 to 25. And she's not just wise in motherhood. She knows a thing or two about life. And in this episode, we're going to talk about what happens when life hands you a detour, a curveball, a collision. What do you do when you have lost that person God made you to be? When you've been so caught up in the trials and circumstances of life and you don't know how to find your way out. So here's a little clip from Crystal talking about the first step. And I think sometimes you don't even have to know the answer. You just need to admit that you don't have one. I just think an admission of your your admission of truth is not an admission of powerlessness, but it is an admission that you don't have to have all the answers and you can settle there and sit there for just a minute. And I think when you admit that, you open the door for help. So many times this last year, I had to come to the realization that I couldn't, that I didn't have the answers. And at that point, it didn't mean I was weak. I was actually strong enough to say, I need help. I need to reach out and ask for help. I don't know where you are while you're listening to this, but I'm going to say boldly request that you pause for a second and pray to God and say, hey, God, (laughs) hey, God, please show me. Show me where I've lost my way. Show me where I'm stuck uh, due to circumstances. Show me where I've forgotten who you created me to be, the giftings you've given me, the talents, the interests. And I haven't been pursuing those things because life happened. I pray, God, that you would offer your help, that you would surround me with women in my sister's circle who can remind me of who you are and who you made me to be in your image so that you get all the glory. All right, go and do that. And I want to share with you a really cool thing. Let's give a shout out to this month's sponsor, Yip Yap. So a husband and wife are founders of Yip Yap, and they believe that human-to-human connection makes life worth it, and I completely agree. They wanted their young kids to be able to stay connected with loved ones like grandparents and cousins, but they didn't have a home phone. I don't know about you. We don't either. And they didn't want to hand over their smartphone. I don't love handing over my smartphone. I actually have an OtterBox on mine to keep it safe. Well, these parents didn't just get an OtterBox. They invented a whole phone. They invented Pipsqueak by Yip Yap. It is a durable Wi-Fi phone designed for kids as young as three, and it is completely controlled by parents using the Yip Yap app. So my boys have one, and they love it. They can call me, like this last week when I was driving people to football practices, and some of them were home with my mom, and they could call me through this little phone, and they can only call me. I have it set up. I get to decide who the connections are, and only another adult who has the app, who has the code for the phone, can be one of their connections. It's very helpful. I'll be telling you more of the features throughout this month, but if you're interested, go check them out at yipyap.com. Use the promo code GCM, and you'll get 20% off of your order. And as you know from those crazy outtakes, uh, I hadn't had much coffee, and it was early in the morning, so please excuse this casual intro. Girl, welcome to the show. (laughs) This is is great because, you know, we like to just hang out at Panera's and coffee shops. And I like to just stop by and ring your doorbell. And I like to talk to you through my fancy ring app and freak you out. 
What are you doing in my house? <laughs> just stopping by. Just stopping by. She's still here. <laughs> at, at your door. <laughs> at your door. Welcome to the yeah. show. I uh, am excited to share you once again with my audience and talk about a little bit about what you've been just brewing in this mm. concept of she's still there. I, <laughs> I, I need to hear what got you on this trek and why, why are you talking about? She's still there. What made you want to talk about it? Okay. So, and I don't know if we've ever talked about this. I don't think we have. So my daughter had a really big decision to make. She was in her early twenties and she, ask me what I thought. And it wasn't a sin issue. It wasn't, you know, like anything that was going to be harmful to her necessarily. And I've learned that the best, the, the, the best way to get better at decision making, decision making is to make decisions. So I um, said, I'm not going to tell you what I think. Um, I think you can figure it out. However, I would advise you to think back to a time when you felt really good about your life. Like you had high expectations and hope. I said, when was that? She said, when I was graduating from high school, um, she said, I just was looking forward to my life and had, you know, great dreams about what could come of my life. Mm. I said, well, then you need to go and ask that girl what decision she wants you to make. I said, it sounds really Oprah-ish, um, but <laughs> it, it's the truth because yeah. here's what I know also to be true. If you don't ask her now at 40, you'll be trying to find her mm. and ask her then because there's always something about yourself in earlier years, whether it's five or 20 or 20, there's always something that you wished for, that you hoped for, that you wanted, that you expected, that you dreamed about, that you try to find your way back to or figure out where it went later. Hmm. So if you can ask her now, you'll save yourself searching her out. And I, and I said, you know, she's still there. She, she's still there and you can ask her. That's where the book title came from. And hmm. then I thought about all the things that I've learned, um, primarily starting from my late teenage years through the present, that if I were sitting down to a cup of coffee with a friend that said, I'm having a rough time, um, what would you, you know, how would I advise them? What would I tell them? What are the lessons that I've learned? And I put them all down in a book. Man, that's good. And I'm, I'm thinking right over here. What did your high school voice dream about? What does she, what would she say? Can you find her? I mean, you got all this advice from me and for your daughter, but <laughs> what about the crystal voice? Well, you know what? I think that's why, you know, I appreciate our friendship and I've, I've you know, I've got solid friendships. I have, you know, sister and cousin. So I've got people around me and I think we need sisters yeah. literally and figuratively um, that help us to hear our own voice. Cause sometimes we can't get to her. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're just we can just see what's on the surface level. And you've been faithful to be a good friend and call some things out of me. You know, I'm just talking, 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 talking. <laughs> and, you, <laughs> and you've been like, girl, you are walking in fear. I mean, right. you said that to me, you know, you, so yeah. that's, that's the first thing. But just in terms of, um, you know, what, what I thought, um, I'm an achiever, you know that. So I always thought that whatever I did, I, I do well at which I still try to do it, but there have been years when I couldn't do what I thought was my best. I mean, there have been years where I love, I mean, you know, I love my babies. I've got five of them. They're adult to, to eight to eight years old, third grade now. And, um, and I wanted babies. I wanted 12 of them, girl. I had 12 children's names written down on a piece of paper. Like when we, and if I, we would have talked to you in high school, you would have said, 12, I'm going to have babies. When I was 12, I was going to have 12 babies and they all had names. <laughs> and I had two sets of twins because I had to figure out how I was going to fit in 12 kids before That's I was right. 40. Because you're analytical. You got to figure this out. Because I'm analytical. So I had it all planned mm-hmm, out. Mm-hmm, all uh, right. But I also wanted 12 babies and I wanted to be a world-renowned actress. So I don't know what? how. What? You just were on Daystar yesterday. Acting yeah, like you acting. wanted to be there. Yes, that's you were acting. acting. You had on the makeup. <laughs> you acting. You've been acting a lot lately. All right. So you're acting. <laughs> I wanted to be an actress. Yep. Um, I wanted to be um, also, I, I I just felt capable of doing, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a natural leader. So I felt like I could run something. Like I could run, you know, so I really didn't have aim necessarily, like singular focus, but I just thought I want to be great at being a mom and a wife. And I want to be great at what I think I'm personally gifted to do. And I want to be great at running something. 
Hmm. And, um, you know, and then life happened and then I had to pick one. What happened in life? Well, in 19, I got pregnant. I went to college, the same college. You're getting more juice than anybody else. I just want you to know that. I like I it because to- <laughs> that's, that's the goal here. You're everywhere. She's still over there. She's over here. She's finally on the God's on podcast. We're going to get the goods. Oh yeah, you're gonna get the goods. Okay, so, so I, I went to college with my high school sweetheart. So okay. we we I've been um, dating him, and I use the word dating loosely because my parents didn't really let me date. But they had rules. Um, what were their rules on dating? Yeah, they, well, we, I couldn't date. Like, we could go out. <laughs> <laughs> the rule we was go, you do not date. Uh, we okay. could go out um, with groups. I okay. think when I was 16 or 17, they let he and I go out on our own. But I mean, by then, you know, he'd been in my home. My my dad had, you know, we knew him. We knew him. <clears throat> he wasn't uh, <clears throat> like, you know, some random guy from school. Like he'd, he'd grown up in our church. Wow. So we knew, his, okay. we knew his family. And, um, you know, at that point, my, my, I remember my mom saying to my dad, you know, they might get married. Like this, he might, that might be it. You know, she might actually marry her high school sweetheart. And so, mm. you know, it's all right. Let him go out on a date or whatever. And we were good. I mean, we were really actually proud of the fact that we hadn't slept together. And he would, he would always, you know, in front of other people, in front of our peers say, no, nah, man, you know, I'm still a virgin. I'm waiting, you know, yeah. but we were teenagers. <laughs> yep. And so, um, you know, too much time left to ourselves. I mean, we just, you know, fell into that. So the, um, summer before my high school year, you know, and had sex. And so, you know, that would continue on and off. And I mean, it was a guilt ridden kind of thing. You know, it wasn't like, you know, I made the decision to sleep around. And so there you have it. You know, it was really like, I'm not going to do that. I can't believe I did that, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And I feel bad. And, I, you know, and then, you know, then it's the battle because, you know, once, once you've had a chip, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just eat. You open that door and then the yep. door. Mm-hmm. The door. And so, um, so when we went to college, we went to the same college. Now people would always think I went to the same college because he went there and I was following him. The truth of the matter is he had a football scholarship and I had an academic scholarship and I had a full ride and I had scholarships at other schools, but that was the only school where I had a full ride. Wow. And then I thought, why would I not go to the school just cause he's there? Like I got a full ride. You know what I mean? I should go. Well, we're college. <laughs> so, um, so basically the spring of my freshman year, I got pregnant. Now, when I, um, you know, when I, when I told him that, um, I mean, it's still unbelievable to me today, to be honest, I I can't believe that when I told him, he looked at me dead in the face and said, well, how do you know it's mine? Oh, wow. Now I want you to also know this. I, either because of my personality, Mm -hmm. uh, I, I was going to say my personality, but that's not true. Mm-hmm. I can hold a grudge. I was going to say because of my personality, I don't really hold grudges. Nope, that's not true. <laughs> I, <laughs> I can think of a grudge I might be holding right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but I, I really, I really, I think because I loved him so much, I think because I really, really did think I was going to marry him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I just, I never really was angry with him about it. People used to say, my friend used to say, girl, you're crazy mm-hmm. because then, you know, he, we, he was in and out for a while after all that. And I was always ready to give him a chance. Mm-hmm. It took me a long time, a long time to shut that door Interesting, because I wanted it to work. Yeah. I mean, like 10 years long. Wow. So one of the things I'd say without saying out loud in the book, I say it hopefully enough where people will get it that, um, you know, it's not like, oh, I got pregnant, had sex one time, and then that was the end of that. No, oh, nice, neat bow. She came back to Jesus, and, you know, there you go. Nope. It was a struggle. It was a struggle for a lot of reasons. The door was open, and I loved him. And now I have, you know, we have a kid together. and So that's the first lesson. The first lesson is what happens when either because of your decisions or the decisions of other people, you drift in your life, you have a detour in your life. Or you straight up have a collision because you caused it or someone else in your life wasn't paying attention to how they were driving and they ran into you. Mm. What do you do? What do you do when, when you all are those plans there, go off? Yeah. And mm-hmm. you are broken and bruised on the side of the road. Mm. What do you do? So that's the first one. Because this is a girl. You got a full ride. You are not a dummy. <laughs> You're not a dummy. You had plans. <laughs> yes, motherhood is part of them. Probably not to start in college and and uh, and then the guy's not really 
Yeah. It's not working out like you'd hoped. How did your family respond to all this? Well, first with hurt, which was the the biggest thing for me. I, I I feel for others before I feel for myself, which sometimes that's a problem. But I really um, was much more concerned with the pain I've caused others yeah. than the pain that I was experiencing. Because my attitude is, you know, I'll get over it. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'll get over it. It'll, it'll, it'll be well, fine. And you're tough and you said you're an achiever. You're going to just. I'll just barrel through it and yeah. move to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. so that phone call, um, I called my dad 10 times that day them. because I wasn't going to tell him. I was going to tell my mom, but she was out all day shopping mm. at North Park. She's mm. at North Park. <laughs> <laughs> so I kept calling. Mm. And when she finally answered the phone, I started crying. And she was just like, Crystal? And I, she started crying. Crystal, are you pregnant? And she knew. Wow. And, um, and then she told my dad. I mean, she was in the room with my dad. And so he um, got on the phone and he just, you know, breathed deeply. And uh, he's an oldest child, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he went on to, well, you know, you'll just, we'll just have to move forward. We'll just, we'll just have to move forward. Mm. And you'll keep, you'll be able to keep climbing. You're just going to have to climb with a backpack on. Mm. So, I mean, then starts the series of things that you do to move forward. He came down to school. We met with one of my school counselors where, you know, where could she live? Do you know of any child care? And, I think they would have really preferred for, in fact, I know they would have preferred for me to come home and we did entertain that for a while. And I just couldn't for me, that would be failure. Mm. So I was like, I want to stay and I want to stick it out. I have a scholarship here. Let me finish. Mm. So they um, made sure that I had somewhere to live. Um, they made sure that my daughter had childcare and um, they got me a car. I had the nerve when they got me a car to say I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> it was used, and I didn't want a white car. Anyway, um, but, <laughs> she, but <laughs> you, love, you love to do the researching. I love to do the research. Yeah. But but I'm saying that to say yeah. that yeah. they made the child care happen. They made the car yeah. happen. They, the, they did not agree with me going back. Mm. So I had to get a job because mm. my tuition and my living expenses, my books, I paid for. They just made sure that my daughter would be safe, that she had a place to stay, and that I had a car to get her there and back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it wasn't like you know, they came in and paid for everything. I mean, it was, it was like, you know, I was killing myself working 20 hours a week. I have a kid I'm going to school full time. Um, but, um, they were supportive of my choice. They just made it clear, which I respect them as parents for setting boundaries for what they were and were right. not going to do. Right. They didn't want to uh, create too much codependency. Yeah. And they, but... I mean, let's be real. They didn't want me to go back cause he was still there. <laughs> right. Oh, right. Okay. You know, and mm-hmm. so, I mean, the truth is he he had a rough semester. I think the news of my pregnancy rocked him just as hard as it rocked me. He just handled it differently. He flunked out of all of his classes. Oh, my goodness. But, I mean, you know, so when I talk to people about what it means to press through, mm-hmm. I say two things. I, I do talk about all the things that you can do regardless of your season and how you got there, how you got six feet below. And all you see is dirt piling, piled on top of you. It doesn't matter. But I do talk about the fact that you have to reach up as long as the as long as you're still breathing. You know, God says in His Word, we don't why did, we didn't choose Him. He chose us. He's always reaching out for us. He's the Good Shepherd who is always willing and available to lead us. But we have to reach back. We have to reach back. We have to cooperate with Him, mm-hmm. and um, and do our part to participate in his offering of rescue, whatever that looks like. But I also say, and this is what I learned from stuffing, that you have to admit where you hurt. Because most people I know don't want to even admit. They can't reach up because then that would be an admittance that they're six feet under. They don't want anybody to know. Right. So (laughs) So where were you hurting at that time? What was, I know you're a go-getter and you're going to you're going to work hard and you're going to go to class and you're going to do that job and you're going to take care of that baby. But what was, where were you feeling that pain and where were you reach? Were you reaching out to God at that point? Or was it just the crystal show? Like you were just going to make this. Happen? I mean, I was reaching out to God, like help me make this happen. Not <laughs> like I'm going this way. God, come on, let's go. Yeah. Like, okay. you know, help me do what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Um, but not admitting that hurt. Yeah, yeah. But I think the you know, the, the opening chapter of the book where I'm driving down the road and I pray to God to break both my legs because I'm like, I just need a break. I need a minute to stop and figure out 
how to fix this. I have to fix this. I'm not, I'm not on the right track. I hate my job. This can't be it. This can't, I work so hard. This can't be where I'm at. That was me saying, I'm not okay. (laughs) So instead of saying, I'm not okay, I just said, can you give me an excuse to be in a hospital for two weeks where I can still get paid and have a minute to think? Like, I just wanted to think, I wanted to stop and think. And I came out of college, spent the summer studying for my CPA exam, went to work in August. I mean, like I I never stopped. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes you don't even have to know the answer. You just need to admit that you don't have one. Mm. (laughs) I just think an admission of your, your admission of truth is not an admission of powerlessness, but it is an admission that you don't have to have all the answers and you can settle there and sit there for just a minute. And I think when you admit that, you open the door for help. So many of us, moms, wives, women, we're just good at getting it done, right? You and I were yeah. joking about she's over there and she's here and she's doing this, <laughs> keeping these plates spinning, wearing that hat over here and doing all the things, especially in 2017 when we can be all the places and all the things. And even if it's not mm-hmm. on social media and nobody even knows all the things we're doing, uh, it's it's easy to get caught in that trap of a not admitting a need because I'll just mm-hmm. do it. I'm good. I got it. I got it. Yep. How do we go from I got it to help? Well, uh, you you really first have to it, <laughs> um, there's a chapter called the ugly cry because I think you just mm-hmm. got to do it sometimes and you and you and you need to you you need to literally say to yourself out loud in a journal in prayer I need help. You need to find a safe place to admit to a friend, to a sister, to a counselor, to a pastor I need help. And let someone else help you decide what help looks like for you. Because help may mean, and you know, that's the, the 19-year-old story is a leading story. But then, you know, I had the same moment at 30. I, right. I remember the night my, um, and I'll, keep, I'll come back to that question, but the, the night my son um, took off his diaper and smeared <laughs> it everywhere. No. And I just remember thinking, this can't <laughs> This can't be. Is that your smartest son? Because I'm convinced the the kids that do that are actually the smartest ones. That they're so bored. That they're yeah, so bored. Yeah, genius. That they take off their own diapers and play with their poop and smear yep. it everywhere. Yep. I swear to you, they're the engineers. They're the smartest ones. And and moms who have those kids are like, no, you are so wrong, Heather. But I'm convinced. <laughs> um, but yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, I was I was cleaning it up. I was cleaning up and thinking. This can't be. And so that same feeling, I had the same feeling. It was, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> like, did I, did I plan this? Is this, <laughs> this is, is my this life. I intended? Is this my life? Cause mm-hmm. you realize I used to get a pretty hefty paycheck. I mean, I, yeah. I had a great title. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I did as a single parent, have a great job. <clears throat> I found my way rather to a great job and I made good money. And so being, you know, home with kids and then that smear incident was like, you've got to be kidding me. And I just told the Lord, I need help. Like I, I'm, I'm not okay here. <laughs> I'm not okay. I feel I'm unseen. I am. My years are passing by at a frighteningly alarming rate, and I'm not doing anything meaningful. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing anything meaningful. I have um, uh, a son who I'm racing. Back. I mean, this is also the kid who had nerve damage at birth. Oh, no. So I'm racing him back and forth to the chiropractor and to hospitals and therapists here, Nashville, Philadelphia. I've got another son who's probably not getting enough attention, a daughter who's, I, why did I start homeschooling? Who does that when you have all this going on? <laughs> a husband who's traveling, you know, he's home, but he's not home. Great husband, but he's just not around. And I, how did I end up here? And mm-hmm. I just need a minute. How do I fix this? Because <laughs> I don't see the exit. There wasn't an exit for being a single parent. There wasn't an exit for being married with small tr- children in that night, the poop. Um, and even in my 40s, there wasn't an exit, a quick exit anyway, for losing all the weight I'd picked up, sitting at home feeling unseen. So it happens over and over again. And I think the solution is always the same. Admit where you are first. I mean, think about it. Uh, AA, step one. My name is so-and-so. And I am. 
This yeah. is where I am. This is who yeah. I am. This is what I'm struggling with. Yeah. You work your way out from there. And how we work our way out is different. I think moms, uh, we work our way out because we join the local Bible study or the local mops group. We work our way out because we check two of those kids, the ones that are driving us the most crazy, into a Mother's Day out. <laughs> you know, there's nothing, there's no, I, there's no sin in that. I used to think when the kids were two, something was wrong with me. And then I realized it was them. <laughs> they were two. <laughs> So this homeschooling mom, you know, I checked them in the Mother's Day. I was like, I've got to be able to function. Right. Um, I communicated to my husband, to my family um, uh, when I needed help. And I mean, I'll I'll, I'll be honest and say that to this day, I, I did that and they were helpful. They helped me when they could in all seasons of my life. I think sometimes they always look at me and go, poor Crystal, <laughs> you know, because I have, I started out with needing help. I started out with, as a single mom and then I had a husband who traveled and now, um, you know, it's just a lot going on. I mean, I'm, I'm talking the book about my husband's health challenges and now I've got book stuff and as much as I love doing it and I'm grateful for the opportunity and I do feel that it's God's timing. Um, you know, there's a, there's a good goodness about God about the timing because I need, I, I'm in a position to financially be of help in my house. Yeah. So it's still a kind of a, oh, Crystal. You know, kind of thing. Um, but I was yeah. honest to tell them, and I've gotten, you know, not the help even the way I want it now. You know, sometimes you say I need help, and you wish people would do X, do your you laundry. Need, yeah, you need ten people to bring you meals. You know, over yeah. a period of two weeks, and all you get is two. Right. But you still got something, mm-hmm. and you live another day. And it's all about that humility of saying I can't do it on my own. And he knows our hearts. He knows how he made you and he knows where your struggle is. And it's circumstances are going to take you to desperate dependence on Jesus. That's, yes. that's what he wants. That's his goal. Yep. That's for and you that's to, why I know him. And yeah. I know him like I know him. I mean, I'm doing better. I'm trying to do better. <laughs> I'm trying. I don't like trying. Don't say trying. Well, when you speak, yeah. um, you know, because you write a book, I did kingdom with daddy and, uh, uh, then you speak. People say you have a book, so you should you should be able to speak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and the good news is, I've been in speaking class for forty years. I've right, been sitting on the front row, watching right. my dad do what he does. And there's <clears throat> there's something about being on the front row. Uh, Sally Clarkson told me that. She said, "Don't dismiss the training that you've had, even if you weren't doing it on purpose." Mm. That's a um, quote right there, Crystal. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. And so. So there's that. But I will tell you that one of the things, this is another thing, another little thing I'm telling you. I know the Bible, but many times I know what it says and I can't tell you where it's at. Like I have to Google and find it. Oh, totally. <laughs> I'm so Just with like, you. I know the Bible says, fix your eyes upon Jesus. But then I start quoting the hymn instead of the rest of the scripture. <laughs> Look full of <laughs> So, uh, but you know, just those things, it's like my relationship with the Lord, I want to be more academic about it. If I can say that I want to study myself, study thyself, the Bible says to show yourself approved. I want to study and be a better um, handler of the word of God, both for my own personal use, for what I'm teaching my kids, for what I teach when I'm, you know, standing in front of a platform or podium. But I think that relationally, every time I've been in a dark place, even when I'm not, but definitely when I'm in a dark place, oh my goodness, I have been on the floor. I've been on the floor crying out and saying, you know, God help me. (laughs) God help me. Mm -hmm. And um, I know what it is. I call them kisses from heaven. I know what it is to know that he sees me. Now, he may not fix it. Right. He may not change it. He may not answer it right away. But he's always so good to let me know. And really, I mean, it could be simple, 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 like me sitting on a park bench. And after I pray this prayer and I'm just sitting there snotting with no tissue, it's the most beautiful sunset ever. Right. <laughs> you know, right. or <clears throat> just recently, I was crying to God and, um, And I just said, uh, I just, I'm just out here doing this on my own. I'm just out here 
keeping things afloat on my own. It's too much. And I just feel so alone. Now, this is in the last month. Yeah. And I parked in Sprouts and I'm slobbering and flubbering and crying in the parking lot. And, you know, you just people walk by your car and you're like, (laughs) (laughs) keep on walking, people. Keep on walking. Nothing to see here. And my phone rings. Mm -hmm. My phone rings. Yeah, it does. And there's this lady who says, Crystal, I've been praying for you today and I prayed and then uh, I couldn't get you off my mind. And I think the Lord wanted me to call you, but I thought this is dumb. I've never called you before. So I just prayed for you some more. Then I couldn't shake it. Mm. And uh, so I'm calling you because I just wanted you to know that I'm praying. Now, Mm. this person has never called me before. This person has been a member of my church for 30 years. I've grown up with her kids. She goes to the morning Bible study at our church and she is a prayer warrior. She's never called me before. Hmm. This morning, while I'm sitting in the car, crying my eyes out, she calls me just to say, she don't, she don't ask me any questions. She's not asking for details. She's not asking me. She just said, I can't shake you. Mm-hmm. And I just, and because I couldn't shake you, I wanted to call. So, so sometimes it's something like that. Yeah. Like, God, for real, you showed up. And other times it's the sunrise and it's the sunset or it's the hug that one of my, my babies gives me. Says, I'm so glad you're here. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, it matters. And so I think the magic pill that we all want through motherhood or single parenthood or or working or dreams being delayed or denied. Right. <laughs> um the magic pill really doesn't exist. However, um there's always the next step. And I think if we could see our next step, the one step, the small step forward, the fact that you get up another day, that you cry it out and you keep going, that you show up to your life the best way you know how, right. even if it means you're crying to yourself on the tollway or in the car at Sprouts, <laughs> that next step, that is the magic pill. <laughs> because if you keep taking one step at a time forward, even when you have to admit that that step hurts, when you look back, you've gone somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your time is not wasted. And, you know, I know a lot right now about taking steps that are painful. <laughs> In high heels with makeup on. Girl, no, no, no. I wore shoes. Yesterday I was at Daystar and I put on I put on shoes be- just for the walk onto the, onto the, the set. Girl, I was like, Jesus, help me make it. It was like seven <laughs> steps. It was seven steps. They weren't even real heels. They were like wedges. And you just take them one at a time, each painful step. Yes. And guess what? I made it to the set. I sat and had the interview and made it off. That's all I had to do. Mm-hmm. We don't have to make it to 20 years right now, today. We don't have to make it to five years. We don't have to make it to next week. You do the best you can with your day today. Yep. If you yep. spend it on the floor you know, because you're slobbering to God, do it. If you spend it because today you're, it's the win, you actually got the birthday party done, you know, <laughs> celebrate it. You know what I mean? If you, today was a good day because you didn't let your husband have it, have it, you know, then awesome. You know, I mean, it just, you just keep I taking think this is wisdom that a lot of mentors I've been, we just had our summer mentorship and yes. the two older ladies, you know, Vicki Kraft from yes. Northwest yeah, and North- then another mm-hmm. Grammy. <laughs> Both of them had quotes. One was God doesn't or there's no grace for your imagination mm. and God can't give you strength for tomorrow today. Mm. Yeah. It's all and one day at a time, sweet Jesus. Daily bread. <laughs> it's it's daily bread. the daily it's dependence is what yeah. I'm I'm grabbing. And I think that with, with the dreaming, when you think about the girl back in high school mm-hmm. and is she still there and. She had all this ahead of her and everything is glorious and glamorous. And she's thinking decades, right? How am I Mm going to be in my 20s? How am I going to be in my 30s? How am I going to be in my 40s? And then once you get to 30s and 40s, you're like, I got to do a day at a time. Yes. And and here's the thing. I can't do more than that. That's what I got. None of us have a picture that totally matches our expectation. None of us. None of us. And so, but I think the key is, though. The key is, and what I hope people are encouraged to do when they finish the book, is to honor whatever piece of them is still there 
Uh, I mean, we're, we're all still there, but you know, the pieces, the dreams, the hopes to honor them. I mean, I may never uh, record an album. Like that was one of the things I wanted to do. And I was like, I didn't tell you that, but that was another one. Um, but I love singing. And when my, um, the pastor of our worship, had, he said, Crystal, you've got all this stuff going on and got this and this and that and that and that. And, that. and I was like, yeah, but I've, promised my husband I will be home on these Sundays, first and third Sundays. And because I know I will be here, if this is this is life-giving to me, it's life-giving to me to come to rehearsal on Tuesday nights. And it's life-giving to me to, to serve my church in this way. Right. So it doesn't have to be the same shape or form that you imagined it, but you figure out what it is that's that's there to honor and you do it in the context of what your life will allow. Yeah, that's good. Figure out what was it? What's at the core? What's at that, the core of that exactly. girl? And I even like to go back to that little girl. What did mm-hmm. she like to do? Was she mm-hmm. someone who'd gather up the siblings and teach to them? Was she someone that liked to play with the animals? What What are you doing? What did there's, you do then? Because there's something there's that's something still there. there. Mm-hmm. There's something there. Now we grow and we change and we mature. But the core of who you are, your natural gifts, the abilities that you developed, your passions and your personality, that was a deposit that God gave you day one. Now, you may have nurtured it or not nurtured it. You may have had people that spoke into those things or not. But it's like 10 fingers and 10 toes. They 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 grow and you may slam a finger in the door and the nail may never be the same. But, you know, God gave you 10, mm-hmm. you know, and so you have to work with that. So, yeah, at five. Um, I, I, I was, I asked my teacher, could I read to the class? Yeah. And, um, I wanted, I wanted to teach. I wanted to teach. And I also was the one who made sure that all the kids on the playground, that all the fights got broken up and I was a peacemaker and I wanted to gather people together. I still love to gather people together and I still love to teach. I teach women and I teach my children. Yeah. Yeah. You know, still there. <laughs> well, and I love that you know, part of your story is acknowledging that there's things God put in us and giving them an outlet. Another part is in all of the hard things and the striving, taking a second to admit need and reaching out to God to meet that need. But I also love, I know for me, you've been that person because you're not in my daily life Mm -hmm. that I can go to. And when I'm having the ugly cry or I just need a word or I even had a friend from my Israel trip say, hey, I'd really like to go check out that Oak Cliff Bible Church. Will you go with me? And I was like, you know, I've always wanted to, too. And I go, and some gal from your church prays over me, she said, and I'm sobbing and telling my story and all that's been going on and, like, boogers all in my mouth. And she said, well, you just need a prayer for strength. You know, it's not mm. like it's going to change or let's pray that the circumstances yes. change. And you gave me a word, and I think that's where we need other people. You know, yes, yes, we need to see she's still there. Yes, we need to cry out to Jesus. And yes, like you said, gathering people together, we need to be with real-life people who can speak a word over me. You did at Panera where you just – I was overwhelmed with the needs mm-hmm, and everybody mm-hmm. needing something from me. And I did, couldn't even see my way out. It mm-hmm. was totally that prayer you prayed of like, can you just break my legs so that I can have a break? Mm-hmm. And – uh you said just do one thing a day, mm-hmm. one thing mm-hmm. a day for your mom, you know, mm-hmm. and it was huge for me. It was such a like a relief of, oh, I can I can do that. I don't have to do all the things for all the people. Yeah. We know that logically, but to hear it from a friend mm-hmm. just turns the ship around and, and uh, recenters us to. Oh, okay. Tomorrow I can do that. I can do that tomorrow. So how do you, what advice do you give to the gal who she's, she's seeing the thing and she's going up and crying out to God that la- that part about involving community, what encouragement can you give to her? Well, I've started calling it the sister circle. I think we have room for different sister circles. So you are a part of a certain sister circle in my life. We are not all, well, some days we are on everything. But anyway, <laughs> but in general, like our paths, you live on one side of town. I live on the other side of town. You go to one church. I go to another church. Our kids don't go to the same school. We we both are podcasters and we both have a set of mutual friends and we've gotten to know each other over time. And then, you know, twice now is twice or three times we've met at Panera, you know, just right. to like talk in real life. And so you are a part of a sister circle. I have another sister circle of girls that, you know, that are like family, my sister, my cousin, 
my sister-in-law, my cousin's wife. We're, we have our, you know, because our kids were family, you know, and I've got yeah. people at church who I do ministry with that are another sister circle. So I think we have to understand we were never, none of us were ever designed to do this thing on our own. Mm-hmm. Never. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that you have to have a friend that you talk to every day. I mean, that's nice, but it's not necessary. Right. You just need to know that if, <laughs> that there's someone who, if they hadn't heard from you for too long, they'd wonder where you are. Mm-hmm. And that could be a church, that could be on Voxer, that could be your blog. I mean, so I think we have to give up this idea that I have to have a million best friends. You need one or two solid people in your life, ahead of you, behind you, or with you, um, who can be that for you. And you need to be that for other people. I hear people say all the time, well, that's nice. You know, you have friends and that's cool. You know, I wish I had that. Well, then be the person you want to have in your life. Initiate, be consistent. You have the Bible study in your home. You go to your pastor and say, can I start a women's Bible study? You know, you can have a podcast club, even a GCM podcast podcast club. club. Exactly. Exactly. Create your tribe online. Like in this day and age, there is no reason, no reason at all. I mean, we, we, you know, we, we live in the States anyway, we live in a place where you can, you can find believers. It's not hard, you know? And mm-hmm. so, um, you just may have to be the initiator, mm-hmm. but I think it's important to know that because we weren't designed to do this on our own, when we choose to do it on our own, then it's no wonder why we really feel left out in the cold, but mm-hmm. that's not how God designed it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but one or two, one or two, and if you don't have one or two, then you be that one to one or two other people. That's good. That's super good. Well, Crystal, here's the deal. Mm -hmm. I know that you've got a lot going on. When all this book launch is done, what are you going to do with yourself? Oh, my goodness. I moved last August. I took out the necessities. I have boxes that are still lining (laughs) in my living room. There are boxes in my garage that apparently have things I do not need. So I will be organizing my home, Mm -hmm. getting caught up on my filing. And I have a lot of time to make up with my babies. Mm -hmm. I'm doing the best that I can, but it's not great. And I've apologized to them a million times. And I, this is not my norm, but I've told them, you know, just, it's almost there. We're almost, (laughs) we're almost there. So I, I plan on, um, you know, I really love the rhythm I mean, I had unseen years when the kids are small, but now when they're that they're older, we can get out. You know, they're fun. I enjoy my kids, and um, I really enjoy being with them. I enjoy being with my husband, and I, I enjoy the rhythm and routine of 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 our homeschooling life. And so, um, I'll be doing that and cleaning up my house. And <laughs> and uh, the Lord has been telling me just to run. He's been telling me to run because I'm afraid to run on my foot. I'm afraid to walk on my foot most days. You mean but physically run? Physically run because, you know, I have a toe issue. <laughs> um, she I have is missing, like missing. a well-known Mayo Clinic case. Mayo Clinic case. So literally, I'm still there. My toe is still there. <laughs> we are thankful that she still it's has this big strength. toe. And... I'm grateful I still have 10 toes. And so, no, really, like he's been saying, it's it's more about, uh, and I need to I need to pay attention to my to my health. I've got to get some weight off and really lattes and books go together. So that wasn't good. But, um, I, he's been telling me to do that because I'm afraid, I'm afraid to hurt myself and there's no reason, no doctor has given me any reason why I shouldn't. Um, but he's, I don't even think it's about running. I think it's about getting going again. Like, Mm -hmm. what are you waiting on? Just, just, just get going again. And so, um, he's been challenging me to do that in some old things, get back to, home, get back to structure and order and get back to you. Taking when care you, of you say God's telling you or he's talking to you or when you had the moments where you cried out to him, can you help the gal listening who is like, I've never had that moment with God. I don't know what she's talking about. What, yes. what does that look like for us? How do we orchestrate <laughs> hearing from yeah. the Lord? So- so first of all, you know, my sister's an expert on this. She has a Bible study called Discerning the Voice of God. So that's a total thing if you want to dive deep into it. For me, I um, there's two things. Number one, he uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 3, when he's talking to Samuel and he calls his name and Samuel has no idea who's calling him and he keeps getting up and going to see um, uh, Eli and Eli says to go back to bed. It took Samuel three times to understand that the voice he heard was God's voice. And then he spent a career as a prophet 
hearing God clearly and telling other people what he said. So I want to say first and foremost, it's totally okay if you don't know if and when God is speaking to you, because Samuel the prophet didn't know either. Um, But many times it's like that. Mm -hmm. God says something that he's trying to say to me multiple times. I keep running into it. I can't get away from it. I read my Bible and I don't even really notice a point, but then it's repeated because the pastor preaches on the same scripture or says the same thing or makes the same point. Or then I'm listening to a podcast and they're talking about the same thing. Or my husband says something to me. I mean, it's just, you know, new age people would say the universe is talking to you, but I don't, I don't, I don't, it's not the universe. We know that we have a spirit realm at work in our world. God speaks and he speaks by saying she didn't get it. So let me say it again. (laughs) So that's the first thing. It's outside of me, but the Holy Spirit lives in me. And he, as much as I will allow him, will infiltrate my soul. And just like we have a conscience that helps us to know right or wrong, he speaks through our souls, our conscience, our conscience and consciousness to tell us what it is that we need. So when women, you know, I'm a believer that women spiritually, spiritual and unspiritual, we are designed with a sixth sense. Okay. But I feel like there is a spiritual sixth sense that is powered up by the Holy Spirit. So as much as you have him operating in your life, as much word as you can get down into your mind and into your soul and into your heart, you give the Holy Spirit something to work with. And sometimes it really is that nudge. Like you're sitting in the car and you're about to go into the donut store and something tells you, girl, don't do that. Okay. <laughs> That's the same. <laughs> that is the same nudge I'm talking about when you're sitting at home and something tells you, girl, call your mom. Yeah. Girl, you need to get up right now. Or that lady from church who had the nudge. I don't want to. I'll just pray for her. That's weird. That's I don't want to call Crystal. Don't I, say it. You don't say something told me. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're a believer and the Holy Spirit's in you, honey, that's Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's Jesus talking to you. Right. right. He's never going to tell you to do something contrary to his word because we are flesh and we have to know the difference between our stuff and his stuff. But when you're walking with him, that's the beauty of walking with God. When you walk with him, you can tell the difference <laughs> mm-hmm. between your stuff and his stuff. Yeah, that's good. So that's well, and I like that you are in God's word. It's not like, you know, we have to be in God's <clears throat> word. We have to, yeah. like you said, allow the Holy Spirit in. We can't f- be so distracted and so full of our ownness. There's, it's like we have, yeah, you know, cotton in our ears and we're not, we're not listening. We're mm-hmm. not listening. Yeah, it's, two, I mean- it's two way street here. Yeah. And the Bible says he will guide you with his eye. Okay. Mm. So there's two ways that happens. When my kids are in church and they're cutting up, I lean forward and I look at them. (laughs) I don't say anything. I don't say anything. They know my eye is telling them everything they need to know, but they don't know it unless they're looking at me. Right. So when you're looking, oh, am I preaching to myself? When you're looking at God, even if you are trying to figure it out, you're trying to do the Bible study, you're trying to pray, you're trying to, you're a new believer, doesn't matter. When you're looking at him, you get to know what he means with his eye mm. and he will steer you, but you have to be looking. You have That's to be good. looking. That's so good. So, How did that preach to you right now? Because I'm getting up out of the bed every morning, running mm-hmm. to the next thing that I have to do and I am spending time with him, but I'm not in it um, the way I need to be. Um Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I need cool. to look at him long, look at him long and look at him hard. It's <laughs> good. To make sure I'm not missing anything that he wants to say. Um, yeah. All right. Well, Crystal, you're amazing. Girl, you are too. That's, why I, keep they- ringing your, that's why I keep ringing your doorbell. <laughs> Do it anytime. Where can people <laughs> find you online? They can find me at crystalevanshurst.com. They can find everything they want to know about the book at she's still there.com. And I'm everywhere at Crystal Hurst on social media. Amazing. Well, we're praying for you as this book comes out and after that you will get the rest that you need and time with your boys and or come back to your house. <laughs> and you can come to my house and I, I'm, I'm going to ring your doorbell. I'm going to come sit at your house. Yeah. Who knows? No, we got to get the boys together. Yeah. I keep saying that. They love it. it. They'd love it. <laughs> okay. Love you. I'll see you soon. Okay. See you soon, friend. Adios. Bye. So the punchline, the cliff notes, no matter how far gone you are, no matter how deep and buried you feel, 
There's still a possibility for rescue. Do not give up hope. Crystal tells a story of a little girl. It was a big news story a long time ago. Some of you may not remember. She was trapped in the bottom of a well, and for 72 hours, workers were working to get her out safely. And her mom was singing, and as long as the little girl was singing back, they knew that little girl was still there, still breathing. And I... I believe that for you. I believe that that little girl God created in you is still there. It's not too far. It's not too much for God to reach down and rescue you. If you're, like she said, willing to admit help, recognizing your giftedness and giving them an outlet and surrounding yourself with friends, your sister circle. And if you're needing help in developing that sister circle, you've never had those kind of friends who can empathize with you, who can reach down and help you to see those gifts in you. One way you could maybe do that, I mentioned it in the show, was to start a GCM podcast club. If you don't know what that is, go to godcentermom.com backslash podcast club. You sign up there or in the sidebar of my site where it says uh, your email and you can click podcast club and you will get links to curriculum. So I provide all the curriculum and the excuse to get together. You decide who you want to invite and where and when and with kids or without kids or in a home or at a restaurant. Uh, But it's an excuse to start forming those relationships. And uh, I've seen lots of women already reporting great things happening. We have 1,200 group leaders signed up and some of them are finding support over in our special GCM podcast club leaders group over on Facebook if you want some more help there. I know for me, uh, I can I got lost a lot under the weight of this last year, but this podcast has helped me. Uh, my friends that God provided even before the tragedies of this last year have helped me. And Crystal has been a huge part of reminding me that she's still there. And <laughs> laughing with her in this episode was such a good reminder of the silly side of me that sometimes gets lost when there's grief and there's hard things and heavy things. So in honor of good laughs, here's one more outtake. All right, let's do it because I got to take kids to Lego camp. I know you're so great. You're rocking it this week. Mm -hmm. Sure. Mm -hmm. You are. All right. You're still there and there and there and there. You know what? That's really language that applies to most moms that I know. True. Uh True. Even if we don't, even if we want to be doing it, even right, if it's too many not places. publicly, even if it's yep. not publicly posted, yeah, yep. laundry room, dinner, making love, all that you have to do Make all that. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be there. Now she's I may just here. be there. Now she's in there. Now Look, she's got no clothes on there. over there. <laughs> she is amazing. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and he is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.